You're listening to The Contrary Beekeeper Show I'm Dan I'm Greg And I'm James Join us as we journey into beekeeping While we learn to be the change One hive at a time Well, welcome back to The Contrary Beekeeper Show uh, A lot's been going on since uh, you guys came back from your uh, excellent adventure here You want to tell us about it? Uh, it's definitely it's definitely been an adventure. It's been something very uh, unique over the last few days. Greg asked me to come along with him and be his co-pilot for a little trip. That was very straightforward and cut and dry and the best laid plans of mice and men. Well, yeah. let's not pretend you didn't pay an exorbitant amount of money to uh, sit in that seat. If I remember right, if we go back a few episodes, you asked, might there be an extra seat on your trip? Well, when- yes, but after I signed the waivers and paid my fees... Yeah, you did, you, did, you did buy 1,300 packages, so I figured, hey, let's give them a right-hand seat. And I think we were all supposed to be on that trip to begin with, and then I ended up having a wedding I had to photograph uh, that weekend and I had to real, back out. Real job's getting in the way, man. Unfortunately, t- you know, money talks. Yeah. We definitely missed you along the route there. We kept saying, well, what, what's, what's Jimbo doing? And we tried to, we called and check in, see what you're up to, and uh, we did our best as the two musketeers, but... Uh, Man, what a what a trip! I, I I still don't think that I can exactly put everything that I felt and everything that I thought and everything that I've learned into words appropriately. But I hope we can kind of um, run folks through the whole adventure as best we can and kind of share a lot of these things that we learned about ourselves uh, and people along the route. Well, we've actually we've had a couple days to digest everything that's happened since the trip and we've definitely gotten sleep since the trip. So I think that was the greatest thing though was actually be able to sit back and reflect on what happened and all the highs and lows and just the great of humanity that actually was awe inspiring to me. Totally. So you're saying you didn't get sleep during the trip? Uh, we, we did here and there. Did you guys did you guys uh spoon at all? Big spoon, little spoon. <laughs> who's the, who was the big spoon? Which time? <laughs> well, what was starting off, uh, if folks uh, haven't followed us along, check out our Facebook group page, The Contrary Beekeeper Show, uh, and you can go back through and see the entire timeline. Dan was uh, taking photos and uh, updating folks as to where we were, what was going on, and you can kind of see... How everything started off, and it was just like a bright, sunshiny day. Everything was wonderful. And then the next thing you know, you see a bunch of hoods up and folks working on trucks. So it was. Well, one of the unique things I saw with that is everyone that does any type of content creation, nine times out of ten, all you see is the success. Right. And I had that moment during the first little hiccup. Well, what do we do? And I was like, and the first one was actually just sitting in traffic. And it was, well, this sucks. We're sitting in traffic. Got out of the sunroof, snapped a picture, got back in, posted it. And then as we started, the trip got exciting, I'll say. Uh, I was like, well, yeah, we probably should because this is how it really is. It's not always sunshine and unicorns, but shit happens and you just kind of got to keep trucking through it. You know, with with, uh, with seven kids, when it's time to read a book or tell a story, I guess the, f- the best place is usually to start at the beginning. Well, why don't we start there? Well, the whole idea 
of the B, what was called B Run 2019, uh, is that we were going down to Don the Fat Bee Man's yard down there in Lula, Georgia, and we were going to bring back a bunch of packages and nukes uh, to sell to a bunch of folks all over Georgia, Tennessee, uh, Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, with our final and last stop here in Zanesville, Ohio. And uh, as folks, well, don't also follow, forget, don't also forget about the awesome time we had in Charlotte. With true Southern hospitality, meeting Mark and actually recording in his yard and hanging out with him. Right. Yep. That that was a a much needed break uh, from the action. Our uh, purpose and goal of the trip was to uh, bring back Don the Fat Bee Man stock to a bunch of people, and then the idea of the reason for me or for us doing it, Susan and I, is. Uh, I'm sure most folks already listened to the Contrary Farmstead podcast and heard us talk about what a farmstead is and what it means to us. The idea of putting all this route together was to generate enough revenue to uh, purchase extra stock for ourselves so we can grow our bee yard out uh, to meet our needs in the yard, which we'll talk about maybe in some upcoming episodes here on the Contrary Beekeeper Show. Uh, so to do that, we had a nice plan put together. We had a bunch of people that supported us, wanted to buy Don's Bees. We got the whole entire route set up, scheduled, um, everything nailed down, and all we needed was to make some road miles and uh, get some bees. We left on uh, Friday the 3rd, Yes, May the 3rd, probably, I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning or so, yep. 9 o'clock in the morning, and we uh, headed out of Zanesville, eastbound, and then down. Well it, was, down. <laughs> well, it was me and you in the white Chevy, and then your dad was behind you in the chase truck with his Ford. Just in case. He, he came yep. just in case. The Chevy, uh, it's a 2014 Silverado. I've got 255,000 miles on it. She ain't burning any hay. She doesn't owe me a thing. She's paid for. Uh, and I had an, uh, a, an injector put in. And uh, there's a lot to be said about going with your gut feeling. And when I had the first injector put in, I started it right up, and I just had a bad feeling about it. Got it home, and then, sure enough, I had to turn right back around, drop it back off the Chevy, and they had to spend some more time with it. They uh, got that other injector put in, and everything was running great. She was running like a scolded dog, and I was confident. I felt good. Like, that, for whatever reason, I couldn't explain it. Everything was going to be fine. And so we headed east, and we headed down. We had some miles to make. We uh, went eastbound out of uh, Ohio, caught 77 south down through West Virginia, and we were just, I mean, for a brief time, I thought, man, this is just going too good. Until traffic in West Virginia. That was the first hiccup was just getting out of all that traffic. I don't know if it was construction or something, but your entire dash shut off. Everything. All the electronics. All the electronics completely shut down on the truck. Yep. But you still had power steering. And it still ran. You still, yep. You still had gas and you still had brake. And I, my first thought was, well, how hard would it be to make this trip without having any gauges? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I was just thinking, how is this truck still running, you know, with no electronics? And there's, there's so I'm like, okay, there's some kind of backup system. What in the world's going on? And then we... Uh, after we hit that construct, is after we hit that construction, we just got out of it. Yep, we're going through, we're starting to go through the mountains there, and uh, that's when it happened. And we pulled off at the uh, I can't remember what it was, scenic byway, yeah, or some scenic byway. byway, yeah, yeah. And then uh, started wiggling the the ground cable and the battery, and then all of a sudden everything came back on. 
No, it was the uh, it was one of the studs that we thought was loose. Yeah, I was wiggling wiggling yeah. the cable that was on the stud there. Yeah, and then everything kicked back on. I thought, oh, that's no problem. It's just loose. So uh, we it back it around, tightened it back down, and everything was fine. And we started getting down the road. And then, just like an old '85 Chevy, where you think you're you're the man, you put some Headman headers on there, and you get that uh, Mister Gasket gasket put on, and <laughs> you do all that work, and you fire it up, and you're ready to hear them dual exhaust, and you hear. And they go, oh man, I got an exhaust leak. That's what it sounded like. It, it, I have a F one fifty that is notorious for exhaust leaks, and it sounded identical to it sitting there in the passenger seat. And I thought that's what it was too. Whenever Dan comes to visit with the uh, green one fifty, we can hear him pull him off seventy, getting off of uh, <laughs> our exit about three mile away. You can, so like, okay, no big deal, exhaust leak. We, we can get down the road. It's not going to be a big deal. Uh, electronics, uh, we've already we seem to fix that problem. Well, also, let's not put out there that I. Have since retired the F-150 to farm use. Yeah. Let everything expire on it. And I replaced it with a 2019 F-250. Beautiful Black Betty. Black Betty. Oh, God, I love her. Three-quarter ton. Yep. And she is, this whole time, she is sitting in Gregory's driveway as we are taking this trip. It's, it's nice to see her. I have, I'm very fond of her, and I will soon discover why, I think, as we progress in this <laughs> yes. conversation. So, Dan, as true uh, hillbilly geniuses do, uh, when there's a problem with a vehicle while you're driving it, you just kind of Google it. And so Dan was Googling <laughs> what could be wrong with the truck, and it did seem like everything was going to be fine. It was just electronics or a wiring harness. And we get on down the road thinking, ah, it's just an exhaust leak. It's going to be fine. Um, until the check engine light comes on. Yes. And I think we were in... Uh, well, that was right shortly after the we heard that exhaust, the air quote exhaust leak. I think it was North Carolina first in flight with a check engine light. I thought it was, I thought it was right after, it was like in the tail end of Virginia. No, it was North Carolina, uh, and that light came on, and uh, it doesn't take a whole long time to get through North Carolina there, but when we started getting down towards Charlotte, the ticking wasn't getting any better, and we had just we were we the oh, here, here's here's where it gets and, and, well no because we're going we're going to Mark Smith's house to record this show but first we get we're ahead we're heading down in Charlotte there's a, there's a looks like a thirty mile backup north of Charlotte when we're heading oh south. yeah and so we we pull off is let's go ahead and, and just check this exhaust tick real quick make sure there's nothing you know just double check the fluids make sure the oil is good and uh, we pull off and then we look for a, a different route to go backwards to cut around Charlotte to, to get down to Locust, North Carolina. We were headed down to see Mark Smith uh, at the Flatwoods Bee Farm uh, to learn more about his chemical-free beekeeping. And so uh, at this point, we've already have spent we were already had the hood pop three or four times along the road. So we were already, you know, an hour and a half, two hours later than we were into kind of targeting for. And so we hit the back roads and of course everything seems to be going fine there. When things are going fine, things just, you know, you can have a good time. You we're joke. happy, cheerful going along. Greg's rolling up to this. Greg rolled up to a red light before and stops, stops somewhat hard. And so I didn't say anything. And then the next one, he stops a little hard again. And I go, man, once we get these bees in here, you can't stop this hard. And he goes, oh, like this? Stops hard. And then the entire truck shut off. Everything. It's okay. We were only at what, like a a four way. Yeah, a four way, so like a four-way at a, at five, a six light. lanes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and absolutely nothing. Not even a key. No ignition. Yep. Nothing was running. It just plumb shut off. Thinking, okay, great. So staying cool, staying calm. No sense getting excited. Pop the hood. Put the hazards on, which they aren't even working. Yeah. <laughs> 
And fortunately, uh, your dad was behind dad us was with behind his hazards in the chase. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we were, here. Here we are. You know, we've got a 16 foot trailer. We've got all Billy rigged up to carry bees back in. And the, the doors. Well, remember open, that hood sensor up. kept going off. The hoods. There's all kinds yes. of electrical yes, demons it happening was weird. in that thing. Well, here it is, like five o'clock. You know, on, we're on the east side of uh, of Charlotte, and traffic's building up. And I go right back over the battery, wiggle that cable again. Well, that's where I unplugged the hood sensor too. And we'll unplug the hood sensor real quick. Yeah, yeah. Seeing maybe if that was causing it. And after we did both those, it came back on, and we thought either it's the battery or messed up hood sensor and a little uh, exhaust leak. No Which, big deal. Yeah, we got drive this. worse. They yep. get on down the road and they have for decades. What's, so, what's possibly what could possibly go wrong? From as we're, there? Well, we get it rolling and we're going through the intersection. So I hopped on my phone and I googled auto parts store, and we were maybe five minutes from a uh, like zone. an advanced yeah an auto zone. And, uh, and that's where it started to get a little bit squirrely. Yeah, so we pulled in there. They read codes for free. So Greg told the guy, hey, I need someone to read my code, and I also need a battery. So a guy came out, read the code, and then while him and Greg were inside talking and Greg buying a battery, I ran in there, grabbed the new one, and put it in there while they're figuring out what's going on with the codes. And so battery's hooked up, ready to go, and Greg's coming out and goes, it's not an exhaust leak. What was it actually? So it had um, before we had left, we had an, an injector, a new injector put on bank six. So the six cylinder had a new injector, and then when they're messing with the fuel rod and the injector, debris can go down the rail, and then you can plug up the next injector down. So it, it plugged up eight and fouled it up. So I had six and eight. On a Chevy, you've got odd on one side, even on the other. It's an eight cylinder. So one, three, five, seven firing orders on one side, two, four, six, eights on the other. So six and eight were replaced on the way here. I'm thinking, what in the world? I mean, I got two of them. Is it possible one of my other injectors are out? Well, sure enough, they read the code, and it came back bank two air fuel ratio or improper air fuel ratio on bank two, and then misfire bank four. I'm thinking, oh boy. Yeah. So here we have a cylinder. It's not firing, and you know the we're down to a V six, like a seven with a six and a half. Pulling, yeah. a, pulling a trailer, that's that's not super good. Yeah. But hey, we thought, well, I was hoping maybe it would clear up, you know, put, put some high test in it, put some fuel uh, injector cleaner, maybe that'll yep. be enough to zap whatever it might be there. Get on down the road and... Um, oh, I forgot about the fuel injector cleaner. Yeah. That was about Charlotte. We were, we were dumping that in there. Yeah, started that was running, in Charlotte, actually. Started running high test in there to help try to clean anything else up. We were definitely grabbing at straws and not really <laughs> trying to get on get get good with that. But uh, so that the night is it's starting to get dark, and so it's the sun. It's just starting. It's, it's not dark yet. It's the it's 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 this, after yeah. dinner. We got about two hours, and the sun's down. And the highlight of the day was to actually get to Mark Smith's B yard. Finally, finally, and we made it. Like uh, four or six hours late. There's no way we can actually describe all the things that we were seeing, seeing or feeling, but uh, the elation that I had and the the mental break from hobbling a truck and trailer down the road was alleviated uh, when, when we pull up and there's Hillbilly Mark and his bib overalls and his bearded fella and his, coming his beard down the drive straw. smiling waving yep and that was that was a uh, it was nice oh yeah so we sat there and we talked to Mark he showed us around the B yard for a little bit it was fun time 
got that wrapped up. It's actually it's already out. That's episode eleven that we have that we just great released. episode. I really enjoyed. Oh yeah, it was a great time talking to, to Mark. Yeah. So we got that wrapped up, and we decided to. Uh, well, we yeah we stayed in Charlotte that night. Found a Holiday Inn. Yeah, that was a what an incredible B yard though. I, I really enjoy his simple approach, uh, and more importantly, his honest approach uh, of bridging. Uh, treatment-free aspects with chemical-free aspects with conventional aspects of beekeeping, doing something that works for him uh, in his context and is open and honest about it. That's I really enjoyed that conversation because a lot of folks um, in all of those different modalities uh, can't seem to find any kind of common ground uh, and spend more time, I think, uh, being divisive than, uh, you know, appreciating that we're all trying to raise honeybees the best we can and we all have different goals in a different context and i think we kind of uh pulled a band-aid off a couple uh different topics and then believe it or not jimbo dan went uber philosophical and i'm sure you've heard that episode already but (laughs) dan was the one that was was, the first time i blew your mind on the trip it was one of many more to come yep so let me ask you guys this. What would you say is your, your biggest takeaway from uh, Mark Smith's bee yard? Well, when I got there, I was standing in his bee yard for no more than two minutes, and I got hit. Greg always says that it's because I was standing in front of a hive, but the hive was definitely empty. But other than that, it was, it was actually a really great conversation with Mark. He was a really great guy, very hospitable. Uh, just a fun time overall. Only regret is I wish we had more time to sit there and go through things with him. But being beekeepers, that's you could always sit there and talk for longer. Yeah, it, I, we were. It was you know it was getting a little bit dark when we had gotten there, and you know keep in mind that Dan and I were just on the road and we're we're you know getting anxious and we're getting sweaty and and Dan's he's just feeling like you know what he kept saying Greg I I'm not sure that I feel fresh enough to go talk with somebody <laughs> about bees. I just need to freshen myself up. So we pulled off on the side of the road. <laughs> and he got, his, he got, he got his, his lemongrass essential oils deodorant out. And he just he just touched himself up. Put a little bit of that clone under his ear. He said, you know what? I want to look fresh and smell fresh. And I go see Mark Smith. I said, you, you do what you have to do. I think that's why he got, I think that's why he got stung. Just, that just might be why. Time. I don't know. I just think it was just an asshole bee. It was, but I mean, it just seems like if you if you bend down and you put your eyeball right into an entrance to see what color his bees are, you oh, might, yeah, you might you just expect? ask for it. Well, I felt I felt like your dad for once because he always has that bees just hate him and go after him. Yeah. So now I I know what it's like to be Greg Senior. I would say my biggest takeaway uh, from uh, Mark's visit. Uh, he's obviously doing really fun and uh, amazing things mechanically with his bees but i think what i appreciate the most about that visit was to hear somebody else um be open and honest about their journey and their style and not be afraid to be contrary to all the modalities and do what he feels is right for him and his context and the great thing about it is is he's not saying here's the style of beekeeping that's going to solve the world's problems Yep. He doesn't say, this is the beekeeping method for everybody. He says, this is what works for me and in my yard and in my context. And I yep. appreciate the hell out of that. And I, to caveat off that, it, I loved it because it was actually a true open dialogue between three keepers 
that keep bees in very different manners. Completely different. Have very different goals, and we're able to sit there and just pick each other's brains and have fun with it. And we actually we laughed a lot. So it was a fun episode. Yeah. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. If you've already checked it out, check check it out again because yes. I, I listened to it now three times and I hear something different. I've actually been through it three also. I, I hear something different every single time. Not only about myself, but I pick up on cues and things that I hear from Dan and Mark. Uh, and it just it like we were talking about you know yeah we're we're beekeepers but we're humans first and foremost and so uh, re-listening to that uh, and better understanding uh, our relationship with each other and how we communicate that is it was it was almost damn near priceless. That is something I'd like to do more in the future is actually get to know the keepers more and instead of just worry about the bees and their management practice, but actually start to talk to other keepers and figure out what makes them tick because what they, makes them tick directly correlates to what happens in their yard. I think the visit with Mark Smith um, was the uh, the gateway to uh, something I think we're going to probably try to... We're gonna, I, I don't want to get the cart before the horse, but we're working on some ideas here, and uh, we're really interested in uh, dialogue between other beekeepers and... Uh, and sitting down, having conversations, not so much to necessarily learn uh, on, on how they do the things that are right and wrong, but better understand the beekeeper. Everyone, we always hear about beekeeping and the methods and why to do these kind of things, but we fail to actually dig deep into the beekeeper themselves uh, to better understand them, which helps paint a better picture, uh, helps us understand the overall context uh, and then those not only are they really interesting conversations, um, when you learn more about somebody else, you can also learn more about yourself. And that, that's that's what I really enjoy with, with Mark Smith. And I think we're gonna we're gonna uh, keep putting pencil to paper here, but we, we have some really fun ideas about getting out and traveling uh, and recording some episodes with folks that are um, open and honest and uh, with, with their well, relationship with bees. In the last few weeks, it sounds like we have a good bit of fun ideas that we're tossing around and trying to bring some to fruition and to the forefront and see what happens with it. But we can talk about Mark's yard all day and probably do a whole nother episode just on that. On just the, the, yes, the, the experience of being there. Yes. Well, we left Mark's. It was a, it was like a, it was, it was a treat. Uh, and so thanks again, Mark, for having us. We enjoyed our visits. Oh, thanks that was for the a cool great hats. time. Yes. He got us some beekeeper hats from his uh, local bee club there. Carabas? I, I don't want to mention it's, it because it, I remember he talked about when uh, another beekeeper, another much more famous beekeeper was there and said something and butchered it, and well, now I'm scared to butcher it. it. When you get down to North Carolina, you, uh, <laughs> you have words that spell a certain way, but you actually say them completely different. Yes. Well, we do, too. Yeah. We have Lima, Ohio. You mean Lima? Yeah, spelled Lima. You mean Lima? Yeah, or Lima, depending on, yeah. So that was awesome to get down there. I can't mind, we're not going to butcher the name of this B-Club, but thanks, Mark. It was such a nice change of pace, uh, and (laughs) I think we're also going to touch on this later. Uh, Dan's working on a secret project. Uh, there seems to be something damn near magical uh, with anyone suffering through any kind of mental stress or trauma. When it comes to the bees, there is something healing and grounding about it. And I can tell you, when I left his bee yard, 
it was it was a reset. That you had that was, feeling, yeah. I just felt good with the world. Yep. Doesn't matter how the rest of the trip's gonna go. I just You're felt back on like cloud we were, nine we were on it. Yep. Everything was gonna work itself out. And uh, now that I'm I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, I don't wonder. I don't believe in coincidences at all. And I believe in quinky dinks, but I don't believe in coincidences at all. And I almost feel like now that I'm thinking back on it, that that trip meant more to us than we're going to ever fully realize. It helped us reset uh, from that first day, and it gave a sense of um, I don't want to say confidence, but I just felt like everything was going to be all right when I left there. It gave you the right mindset for the rest of the trip. It definitely reset the mindset. Yes, very much so. And help, help. Uh, you know, as you're going through all these things, you're constantly thinking about what's going to happen. You're dry every mile you take, every mile marker, uh, everything that's up ahead of you in traffic when you're pulling a trailer. You're preparing three steps ahead to be able to stop, to be able to get off to the side of the road. That's when things are running normally. Yes. Right. Okay. And then when things aren't running normally, and you, and you might not have a turn signal, you might not have power, you might not be able to stop, then you're thinking several more steps ahead. And when you're flying through the mountains, uh, you really have to pay attention and think about all these kind of things so you can uh, you know, kind of act accordingly. So it was a nice reset. When we left there, uh, all of a sudden, we got on down the road and I was just like mental fatigue kicked in like oh n- like i, couldn't I would agree with you 100 percent. yeah i was com- completely we maybe got we decided we wanted to get uh down and ar- around the outside of charlotte heading, yes. and heading southbound and uh we stopped in uh we, we got a hotel that night and found a nice little barbecue place and the weird place that was a kind of a weird place i, was, I can't remember the name of that place neither can i the weird barbecue place outside of yes. Charlotte. The weird, which we should have. How would you describe that place? <laughs> they had some weird paintings on the wall of overly sexualized pork and human uh, characteristics. Or yeah, se- human characteristics and poses. So it was like the sexy lady with pig parts. I guess sounds saucy. I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I love pork butts and i cannot lie yes but that was a little it was was a little it was a little and i regret not doing a review for animal lector for you or i mean it was just a touch like oh that's that's different yeah that's different uh and we were starving well i also regret not doing a review for barbecue drifter oh we should have done one for old steck shawty there that would have been a fun one yep well we get in line to order and the place smells amazing Oh, it does. Yeah, uh, and you wouldn't expect it to be that good of a place from the outside, but we, I thought it was right around the corner. We ended up parking at the hotel and said, let's just walk around the corner of this barbecue place. We walked around the corner, and it wasn't there. And I thought, that's ah, just <laughs> up past the next corner. It wasn't there. And then it was like third or fourth corner. Maybe. I don't even know how far away it was, but we finally got to the place. Well, uh, once we found out where it was, we came to that we've come too far moment to turn back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, we realized it, it's act. Yeah, exactly. Because I remember that was the same moment I realized Northern Tools is not just a catalog and online store, but they have physical buildings. And I've never seen a grown man just want to. He just it was like you know you're seen platoon and the typical like you bust down on your knees, hands upward <laughs> to the sky. He was just trying to do everything in his, in his willpower just to turn back the clock so it was actually norm, normal business Dude, hours. Dude, those poor people that saw me on the security camera the next day. Oh, man. Trying to figure out what was going on. What was this guy doing? Yeah. No, so here's here's three 
three hillbillies, me, you, and Greg Sr., uh, walking the streets of Charlotte at night. It's probably 11 o'clock at night by now. Yep. And uh, you know it's a good barbecue joint when it's open late. Yes. And we get in there, we order, and <laughs> I think I, I step up and I ordered uh, a pound of pulled pork. I ordered a pound of brisket, and I ordered a rack of St. Louis ribs. And I said, all right, Dan, you go ahead and order. And I, I what said... Dan, what does Dan order? Same thing. Dino nuggets. No. <laughs> like, Dan, they don't have chicken nuggets. I like, ordered onion rings. How, how are you going to eat barbecue? And I, I mean, how are you going to go to a barbecue place and get onion rings? Because I thought the person in front of me that was getting three pounds of meat was doing the whole like, oh, I'm I'm taking care of everything. This is the community no, meat that's, platter. No, that's called a keto diet, which Greg is on yes. now. Come yeah. on. Got to feed the beast. Yeah. But so Dan says, oh, uh, uh, he says, uh, uh, sir, I'll just have your finest uh, order of onion rings, please. <laughs> I, I got to get my vegetables. And I look at Dan. I said, is there anything else? And he goes, oh, maybe some macaroni and cheese. I said, <laughs> you want some meat? We're at a barbecue joint. I thought you just ordered. I said, Dan, that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get meat? Yeah, I got a pulled pork sandwich. Yep. So How was it? It was really good. Their sauce was actually really unique because it was... Was it a Carolina it sauce? It was a Carolina sauce. Yes. All right. It, was, uh, it wasn't spicy going in there. But it slowly crept up on you. Had a slow heat, a vinegary, yeah. mustardy kind yeah. of thing. I love it. Super All Carolina good. sauces are vinegar based. Too. I love it. Yeah. It was super good. It was very good. Somehow I managed to wolf down all that plus a full order of greens. Yeah. And as soon, I mean, it, it was already we were already tired enough getting there, but we ate and then it was like, oh my gosh, now we have to walk back. Yeah. Walked back. We got some shut eye, uh, and then. Uh, the weirdest thing in the world happened. I don't know. It was almost like the stars aligned. Did you and Dan wake up together? We woke up in the same room. <laughs> it was special. But Dan had a unique... Dan Dan goes to shower, and he walks out with... <laughs> no, no, don't ruin it. No, no, no. I don't want to a surprise for anybody. It just... It was, it was so special. Actually, we're, I'm, I'm downstairs getting a cup of coffee, trying to get the to the, the day's route lined up, see who, who what calls I got to make, let, give everybody an ETA. Uh, at this point, we're still uh, making our way south. Our next stop is. Oh is wait, the so you just want to leave the road. shower thing there? So I'm sitting there at the <laughs> at the the you know the breakfast area of the hotel, and uh, Dan's gonna go up and shower because Dan has a phobia. He doesn't like to 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 go to the bathroom or take a shower when there's another man in the room. So I had no, to leave no, no, and go. No. So he, he went and he went to the bathroom and showered himself. What happened in the shower, Dan? I got initiated into the Burns Club. <laughs> Whoa, did, 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 did the senior walk in? <laughs> <laughs> I went to turn are on we, the water. Are, are you are you Greg's new stepdad? <laughs> <laughs> I went to turn on the water and the shower head was pointing right at me. He got a wake-up call. Yeah, he I definitely did. Around, that, that rascal was pointing right at him. Now, every every Don't other time... The shower heads are pointed at people. Well, no, like, it's from, like... From the outside of the shower yes. position. So when you turn yes. the water on, you get blasted by water So you know, like, when you turn on the shower, so it heats up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay, yes. So, yeah, that was fun. So after Dan flooded the bathroom floor... <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, we got on down the road, and uh, 
everything seemed to be we seemed to be okay with thinking it was an exhaust leak. Yep. It was we we were pretending it was an exhaust leak even though the computer had something else like nah, it's whatever. Well, we get down to Georgia and the sky starts to turn black and it starts to get cool and we pull into Don's yard and we start unloading all of our wooden boxes to start making up the nukes in. And we no sooner uh, get to uh, Dixie Bee Supply, home of the Fat Bee Man, and uh, the heavens opened Don up. Don says, "You guys better uh, get under the roof. You got about two minutes uh, before we get soaked." A minute fifty-eight seconds later, the sky opened up, and I mean, it was a torrential. It was thunder. It was lightning. It was very, very frightening. frightening. <laughs> Galileo. <laughs> a figure I am just a poor boy, nobody loves me. <laughs> oh my god. Caramosh, caramosh. I'm disappointed Dan doesn't know that one by heart. I really do, and I'm just trying to figure out where you left off and how we got to where James picked up. He skipped a little bit. I did. He did, and yeah. At least I tried. That's true. Yeah. You get to for effort. effort. <laughs> jinx. Personal jinx. No jinx back. So anyways, we're there. It's pouring down rain. I hop in the truck real quick. I'm checking my sheet, saying, okay, who do I need to call? Because I'm I we were we were pretty tight on time. Um, we were you know, we had it to where we only had about an hour and a half or so to get everything loaded up and it starts to rain. I'm checking the sheet out, seeing okay, we got our, our next stop from there was Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, so Greg Senior and Dan head up to Don's carport, and um, I meet him up there. And when I get up there, I see Senior and 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 Dan, and they're push brooming water out of the garage. Yeah, his, his the garage is starting to flood with water. Yeah, it was uh, coming in. in from everywhere. And I mean to say it was raining cats and dogs was an understatement. I mean it was. Well, there's a video of it up there on the Facebook page. Oh right. That's right. Yes, there is. Yeah. And that was... Because uh, it was thunder and lightning and we were in the metal carport. Greg was looking pretty right. badass <laughs> in that video. That was... Uh, and it just it just was one of them things where if you're a backyard beekeeper and it's thundering and it's lightning and you don't have to get into your bees, you don't get into your bees. But we had an entire route to deliver and... We were we had an entire trailer full of uh, packages. Well, we had days of nukes. work ahead of us that were all based on getting this pickup on time. Everything uh, on a route like this, it's so hard to put something like this together because we're not just bringing back a million bees, uh, and everyone picks up in Zanesville. Where there's stops, several stops in every state, and every stop is dependent on the previous stop to get in, get folks delivered. Uh, you know, talk with them, answer any questions, make sure they're comfortable, they know what to do, then you move on to the next, you move on to the next, and then if you have any time to eat or get a cup of coffee uh, or take a quick nap, you, then you take it after you meet all those kind of needs there. Yep. <clears throat> so here we are, and it's raining, and they're going, okay, well, it's going to set us back a little bit, that's fine, you know, we tried to get like a two-hour window, so Knoxville, Tennessee was supposed to be 8 p.m. Uh, I was planning, you know, pulling out of Don's uh, place in Lula, Georgia about I don't know, between 4 and 5. Well, 4 o'clock rolls around, and it's still raining. And we look at the radar, and it's still going to rain until about 5 o'clock. So, we did what any uh, dumb hillbilly would do, and put our bee suits on in the rain, and started working the bees. 
Yep. You started filling uh, nukes, and as soon as you're getting them filled, we were slapping lids on them, getting them loaded up, yep. and the uh, cab of the. So if, no, if, if anyone's not familiar with how that works, if you uh, how Don does it, or um, I would assume uh, most folks who have done it for a long time, when you go uh, to buy a nuke from somebody, usually either bring your box. Or you buy their box. But one of the most important things to do when you buy a nuke is to actually look at the nuke before you leave. Uh, because if there's anything about it, the brood pattern, the color of the queen, the size of the queen, the temperament of the hive, if there's anything at all about the box that you don't like, you move on to the next one. You always want everyone to be happy with what exactly what yep. they have. So I went through every single box meticulously. Made sure frame there was a nice frame. queen. Frame by frame. Made sure that I'm not going to lie. That was a little frustrating for me. Knowing that we we're behind schedule. Oh, I know. I, 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 could, I was. We we're picking up on Dan that he was uh, anxious to keep things on track. Uh, but the number one goal was to make sure everybody got beautiful fat bee man stock. And so we're going through frame by frame, making sure we've got day old eggs, that there's all uh, uh, stages of brood, that we've got honey, we've got pollen, and that this is a good looking nuke. If the like Don always says, if, when you're packing someone's nuke, you ask yourself, would you buy it yourself? If the answer is yes, then that's the nuke that goes out. If the answer is no, then it needs a little bit more time. You fill it out some. Everything looked awesome. We got all those packed up. Uh, the deeps went over to the other yard, um, got all the mediums uh, packed up, ready to go. And at this point, you know, it's, it's raining. It's, there's thunder. Uh, it's starting to get dark because of the rain. Well, at the same time we were packaging, his son was also loading the trailer full of packages. And, yeah, Stephen had... had uh, How many had, packages were there? Uh, 80-ish. It was, what, four and a half rows deep? Uh, I don't want to say I'm trying to forget, but I just can't remember. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a ton there. At this point, I'm out there working, it, and I at least bought my, brought my ventilated jacket to work in. And it's, it's wasn't a super nice jacket to start with, and I don't use it often; just sits in the workshop. For whatever reason, the one, the right cuff, the elastic, has all. It just was not there, so it's just a loose jacket. And I'm working the bees in the rain with no gloves, and I had about 15 stings on my left hand, 15 or 16 on my right hand. They're crawling up into my jacket. They're in my veil. They're they're crawling up. They're up my ankles. They're moving up my legs. They're in my shorts. Literally in my shorts, they're in my waistband. You know, they're you know, I'm I'm trying to stay calm and move. I'm getting stung. I had been fifty or sixty stings that that evening getting those nukes rolled up. But you know, one thing that I've learned by not wearing a suit is you learn a mental game to stick with it, to stay focused, to stay calm. Um, and then I kept telling myself that, and then all of a sudden the rain disappeared, the sun came out, the bees were nice again. Yes, and that's the same time you came out, came to us with uh, your finger. So, staying focused and relaxed and not getting excited, all of a sudden I started having this really sharp pain on my left ring finger. And as a married gentleman, you can understand that I've got a wedding ring on that finger. And I look a down, metal wedding ring. Yeah, and I look down, and my finger is five times bigger than it normally is and i said oh shoot i should have paid attention i gotta get this ring off it was about to get bad it was about to get bad it was already turning black and 
So there's an, there's an old trick that I don't know if I learned it from a bee club or for an old time. I don't know where I, I picked up on it, but you take dental floss and you poke dental floss through your ring from your tip of your finger you know, into where your palm is and you pull it through. And then with the rest of the, of the dental floss, you have like a four or five foot piece. You start wrapping the fat part of your finger as tight as you can with it all the way down towards your tip. And so what it does, it helps to squeeze the fat part of your finger. Then what you do with that loose end that's that you've already pulled out first, that goes under and towards your palm, you then start backwards unwinding the dental floss. Then it keeps tension on your ring. It keeps the, the ring up riding high on the fat on on the, the meaty part of your finger and you can un unroll uh, your ring off your finger. Well, that worked great uh, probably have, 10 years ago. If when you have you, great dental floss. When you had old-fashioned dental floss. But now when everything is flexible and it's flat and it's... Plastic. It, when you go to do that, it just kept pulling. So I did it a couple times and it's pulling and all of a sudden, you know, Dan has this command presence uh, in times where uh, you have to get shit done. And so he came over, he grabbed my Greg finger. Greg thinks I do. I don't Dan, think uh, so. Dan, Dan and Jimbo are both vets. Uh, Dan definitely has a command presence when uh, things have to happen. So he takes over. He's seeing me struggle. And uh, I'm trying to hold my hand away, and we're, we're, he's he's trying to do it himself, and he breaks it, and then he breaks it again. About the third or fourth time of us breaking it, uh, I, my finger was really hurting, and it was black. Uh, yeah, it was so, it was dark blue. Yeah, it was not looking good. So I grabbed the uh, comfrey salve that Susan makes, slathered and just it slathered on. my finger, and I just started. So at this point, my finger was already cut up from the from the dental floss. Yeah, was, you could I was definitely bleeding in a couple yeah, spots. Yeah, you could see the impressions from where we wrapped the floss tightly, yep. and and it had broken the skin because it's it's expanding so quick, and we're wrapping it so tight. I get that slathered up, and I just and I'm just trying to stay focused, trying to stay calm, and I'm just working it, working it, working it, working it, working it. Uh, and I thought, man, we're going to have to try to find some side cuts or something. I'm going to have to take this ring off. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to cut a gold ring with tools that I don't have to do it, but I just kept after it, after it, and then as soon as I popped my finger off, the whole thing just went, woo! And just, I could feel the pressure just Relieve. extend all the way down. Just Yeah, it, yep. it, it relieved, yep. So I think I uh, took... Um, Michael Jordan gave us a cool trick, uh... About if you do get stung, a thousand milligrams of vitamin C and a couple of Benadryls. Yep, it's exactly what I did, and uh, just kept after it. So at that point, my finger was not hurting as bad. My hands were swollen up about five times bigger than normal, and I really had no dexterity. Yeah, the pain I could wash that away. I just could my hand, I couldn't use them. There was like these. I got a big oven mitts on. You know, I couldn't do anything with them. So we had nukes to load, and Dan at this point, you know, Dan is get, getting ready to back the truck up onto the trailer, um, so we could pull it forward to get the nukes out. And Dan says, "We got a problem." Well, to get the packages covered and put them in the shade, because yeah, cause yeah. it's getting warm. Because yeah, uh, I went to move the truck and turn the key, and there's a flashing check engine light, and that was it. No key, no power, nothing. No, it wouldn't nothing. start. You could hear a couple of things in the engine compartment kick on when you had like uh, when you turned it like to the battery, but absolutely nothing whatsoever. We tried and tried and tried, nothing at all. We got the jumper pack. You're still loading nukes. Your dad and I are going through this, tearing it apart. Uh, went through uh, eventually. 
uh, you got done and caught up, and we cleaned off the uh, plate on your battery that all the hot wires connect to. We scrubbed that down. Just everything we could possibly think of, and nothing. So Don Don comes out there, and if, if anyone has seen Don's videos or heard anyone speak about Don in his yard, Don can stand 12 feet away from something like a beehive and tell you exactly what's going in, going on every single frame. He's over at the truck, and so you just got a bad connection somewhere. You got a bad ground somewhere. We're checking everything, checking everything. We can't figure it out. It's getting late. Uh, if, there's a bee chat every other Saturday uh, where you can, you know, sit, ask Don questions, talk to other beekeepers, things like that. Uh, you can sign up on Dixie Bee Supply uh, and, and hit that link and uh, be a part of that. Well, it was time for that. It's 8 o'clock at night on Saturdays. Yep. So here it is. It's getting dark. Don has to go in take care of the bee chat. I'm usually on him. Well, what time was our Knoxville drop-off? Supposed to be 8 p.m. Okay. And yeah. here it's 8 p.m. and we're still four hours away. Yeah. On the wrong side of the Smoky Mountains. With a truck that's not running. With a truck that's not running. So we did, we we finally just decided. Don he said this, there's something wrong with the with the ground. We couldn't find. It's raining. It's getting dark. We we unhooked the trailer and we pushed the Chevy and Don's yard out of the way. Well, you so before all this, you were doing you were fidgeting with something, and I remember you were standing on the toolbox on your trailer. You remember that? Oh yeah. You should yeah talk about that. Yeah and. I've known Greg a while, and I'm, I'd am i say I'm all right at reading him and his expressions and mannerisms to know where he's at in his headspace, and he just had this completely flustered look to where the world's kind of crashing, and we got to figure out something before we go. His dad brought his truck, but his dad also has to be on the other side of the country in a day or two, and so there was really no good plan set forth. So I, nice thing about being in the military is you know people from all over and everyone's like a big happy family. So it turns out when I left Columbus and moved out to my farm now, the old commander of my VFW moved to Knoxville. So I said to Greg, I said, Hey Greg, do you trust me? And he just looks at me, says, yeah, I do. I said, okay. So I started walking down Mike's or uh, Don's driveway. Got on the phone. I called a buddy and I said, hey, man, what are you doing? He goes, oh, nothing. Just the wife and I and the kids are driving along. We're going to some house party or whatever. And I said, well, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? He goes, uh, <laughs> nothing. Why? And I said, well, you want to go on an adventure? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, man, but I'm not in Columbus. I go, that's fine. I'm in Georgia. He goes, oh, okay, where are we going? And I said, uh, hopefully from Knoxville to Columbus. He goes, dude, that's an eight-hour drive. And I said, don't worry, man. It's going to be so much better. So we got to go from Knoxville to Florence to Dayton, then Columbus. It's going to be a <laughs> lot more than eight hours. And he goes, well, let me talk to my wife for a second. So it goes quiet. Yeah, I'm in. Let's do this. I was like, cool. Let me know what side of Knoxville you're on. I'll text you once we get on the road. We're in the middle of a shit storm right now. I'll pass on word as we get rolling your way, and I'll give you all the details. <laughs> and I was like, what's the earliest you're willing to wake up? Yeah, whatever. I was like, five? Yeah, that's fine. I was like, all right, great. So I come back to Greg, and I said, Greg, here's, the, here's what I got for our game plan so far. 
Your dad's taking us to Knoxville with his truck. We got another guy that I know through the VFW, which is a complete stranger to Greg. He's going to take us in his truck from Knoxville to Florence. Uh, Florence, what was it? Lexington, Florence, uh, then Dayton, then Columbus. And so I could just see that Greg had a little twinkle of uncertainty, but at the same time, this was the best plan we had running for us at the time. Yeah, I mean, Dan... You know, Dan has, has never let us down. Dan's always here helping. Uh, he's not only a good hand, he's a good good mind, and I, I trust him uh, completely. And so when he asked me, do you trust me, my hesitation was thinking, what's the, what, what's he, well, I wonder why he's asking that question. What's he, what's he got going on here? And I said, yeah, of course I trust you. And he came back with the plan, and he told me, and I'm, I'm, what I normally do uh, and I'm guilty of it, uh, is I can get sometimes stubborn and hard-headed, uh, and I, I always have been as a kid, where, uh, and I'll admit this, I usually prefer my idea over somebody else's. Yes. And that can be a problem sometimes. I'm the same way. And I realize that I'm in a situation here that uh, that I actually I need help, and... There's a lot of people depending on me, and we're already working together great as a team, and I have never had any reason to doubt any kind of judgment from Dan, and I've always trusted him completely. And so he told me the plan. I'm thinking, what is Dan? What is going on here? I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know his buddy, but a friend of Dan is a, is a friend of mine. Uh, and I'm thinking, I've got a trailer to pull, a 16 foot trailer. You know, there's over twelve thousand dollars in bees. Uh, and there's a bunch of people waiting down the road to get these bees. And so uh, you know, a lot of things are going through your brain real quick. Just yes. Back and forth. Do, 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 do. Well, at the same time, we're also too trying to figure out how to get to Knoxville with your dad's truck and get everything switched over. At the same time, this is also 50 or 60 stings later, completely exhausted, hadn't eaten all day. Three doses of Benadryl, I think. Three doses of Benadryl. Uh, and so thinking straight and all these things are just... Uh, Dan picked up that I was starting to wane and then Dan went into commander mode. And so I picked up on that and just was like, okay, well, that's, that's what we're doing. I said, let's get on the road and we'll firm up this plan as we get down. It's cause uh, you know, sitting here is not an option. It's not going to fix anything sitting here figuring, let's try to get North. Yes. So we ended up uh, getting the trailer moved over your dash truck. That's when we pushed your truck into Don's yard uh, as we're getting the trailer hooked up. Wait, it sounds like we've got a solution, right? Like, yeah, well, what almost, else could possibly go almost, wrong? Almost, yes. Well, we get the trailer hooked up. On Dad's Ford. Yes, and we're buttoning everything up. We got all of our stuff for the next three days, our clothes, everything that we possibly need. It's 845 yeah. by now. And your dad's truck just started to rain again. And here we are sitting there, and I said, all right, Pops, hop in there and hit the brakes. I go back and look at the trailer. Nothing. I go, hit the turn signals. Nothing. So here we are now, getting ready to go through the Smoky Mountains with no trailer lights, which also means no trailer brakes. No running lights. Yes. Nothing. Like, great. You know, what else could possibly go wrong? And it just happens to be the storm, the front, the thunderstorm uh, is, is going through the Smoky Mountains. We have to drive through the Smoky Mountains. 
on some squirrely roads with this storm chasing us through the storm the entire time. Yeah, oh, that sounds great. You I know, mean, we're not already exhausted. Just driving a normal car through the Smoky Mountains or the West Virginia mountains around here—that's a uh, just a, you know in its own is, is hard enough sometimes. Yeah, what's well, okay? So I couldn't imagine that, you know now you're, you're adding in you're adding in a trailer that's full of you know you said there's a million bees on this trailer. You know, and so like now that just ups this game so much further. The risk keeps getting. Oh yeah, it's riskier. okay because when I got off the phone with my friend, the last thing he said to me is, "Take your time going through the Smokies. It's a really good place to crash through there. People do it all the time." And I was like, "Oh great!" And he goes, "Don't worry. There's always going to be fog. Do not get into any rush going through it." And that was probably some of the best advice. And yeah, that definitely, you know, we definitely keyed in on that a little bit later. So now it's it's already past nine o'clock. Don's done with the beach at. Don comes out to to see why in the world are these hillbillies still in my driveway with flashlights underneath there. Well, and once again, Don comes out. We're trying to figure out what's wrong, and he says, "Just just take that, just un- unplug the the harness there, plug in a couple of times, it'll kick back on." Yep. Dan got underneath there. That's what he did. Magically, everything came back on again. Yep. We had brakes, we had lights, we had turn signals, we had hazards. And it was like, oh my gosh. We finally caught a break. It it, it felt like. Well, to a degree, because at this point, all we had was uh, us getting to Knoxville with your truck. Right. Yeah. Yeah, With your truck still at Don's. And so. All the deliveries. We went to, we were, we had to go somewhere to get gas and get something to eat. And I think we, I bought everyone like eight five hour energies and a bunch of monsters or whatnot because we we're getting ready to go through these wonderful mountains. And at the same time, I'm on my phone making texting, making phone calls. Hey, Mike, uh, what side of Knoxville do you live on? So once we get this job done, we can be close to you. Uh, Give us an address for a great place to meet up. This is where our timeline's looking like. At the same time, I actually called my parents and I said, "Hey, what are you guys doing in the morning?" And I, they said, "Oh, nothing." I go, "Would you want to come to Knoxville?" No, they say absolutely not. <laughs> so they said, "No, why?" And so I told them the story, and they go, "Oh." We're going to be really busy. I said, "Well, how about you meet us in Columbus? Just go to Zanesville, get my truck." bring it back to the complete opposite side of Columbus. And oh yeah, that's such a better option. <laughs> so, I got it coordinated that we had a drop in Columbus at what like uh it be 12 on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, it was noon. Yeah. Yeah, noon on Sunday. And so, I got them coordinated to get my truck to the west side of Columbus by noon. So, the whole time that we're going through these Smokies I am going back and forth like a madman trying to talk to people before they so go Dan's to bed. Dan's got a plan. He, he's he's formulating a plan. Uh, he's and I I'm trusting Dan. I don't need to know the details. I'm just that's where we're we're northbound. And you know and and as we're pulling out of Don's, just as we finally think we've caught a break and we've got a plan for whatever reason, Dad's brake controller on the truck oh, is gosh. locked in at ten. If if you don't know what we're talking about. When you hook up a trailer with, with with trailer brakes, you can control the drag from inside of the truck, either the factory or or a separate controller, and you can control the sensitivity of how how the brakes kick on, depending on your weight load. Yes. Yeah, so. so on an empty trailer, 
zero to like zero three. To three, depending on the weight of the trailer and how good the brakes are on the trailer. Um, if you have a completely bogged down, heavy as can be, it's pushing the truck when you hit the brakes, kind of a load. Yep. Six to ten, maybe. Yeah. Well, for whatever reason, Dad's drag is stuck at ten. <laughs> And we can't get it to jump off 10. Which means, when you press the brake in the truck, it immediately locks the brakes up on the trailer. Yep. So now, we've got to go through the Smoky Mountains. And Dad's like, hey, it's your trailer, it's your investment. Uh, do you want to drive? I said, sure. So my hands He was are, also looking real tired, too. Yep. And so, it's not like he's a spring chicken. Nope. And so we get we you know I I took the first round and tried to give him a little bit uh, time to take a little bit of a nap there. My hands are as big as balloons. I I can't. I just they're. You had like your thumbs locked into the steering wheel I mean, and you're driving, like driving turning with, my with thumbs. yeah. And so, but when you hit the brakes on the truck, the trailer locks up. So to actually stop every every motion of braking is now a combination of using the brake controller to gently slow the trailer down to slow the truck down. Yeah. Not a big deal if you're driving, let's say, from Dayton to Springfield or Columbus to Indianapolis, right? It's all flat ground. You can see for two miles ahead. Well, that's well and good until you hit like, you know, 9% grades, sharp, squirrely, <laughs> switchback turns. Uh, and then when you throw in the fact that it's after midnight, it's pitch black, it's foggy as all get out, and it's in the middle of a thunderstorm. And a torrential downpour. The last thing you want to do on a slick road is lock your trailer up. So, to say that was a white-knuckle ride, every single motion of slowing down was a was some kind of magical, harmonious balance between the brake pedal on the truck and the controller to slow things down to where we're not locking up. And I'm just sitting next to you in the passenger seat trying to a, keep you awake since you had three doses of Benadryl. And also look out ahead of you to make sure you're not missing something. Yep. And oh. but we we finally did. We made it through. Remember when we passed the uh, the designated spot and the the the, the, the oh. roads are so bad. Yeah. So before he hasn't entered the story yet in person. But so when I was talking to my buddy on the phone, he said, "Hey, there's this spot. Just uh, be really careful about it. Uh, there was an accident uh, a few months back and." Guy and girl got into a car accident, and it's at the bottom of this hill, and you can't see it because of the fog. And next thing you know, it turned into like a forty to sixty car pileup. I was like, "Awesome!" And he goes, "When it says thirty-five miles an hour, go thirty-five miles an hour." It's like in a passenger vehicle. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay. And once we got in there and I saw how squirrely it really was, I'm like, okay, he's not joking. And I'm trying to think what, like, active accident investigation scene? An invest or uh, accident investigation pull off or site. It's a place off the side of the road. It's paved. Yes. Uh, and all that for when you have an accident and it's not, you know, you can move it off the road. You pull there to get it investigated rather than blocking the road because yes. of 40 car pileups. Yeah, and that's where that one was, and that's why they added it there because it looked all like a fresh build and whatnot. I don't. I think I don't know if, if we need to pause the show. I might need to go change my shorts. Just thinking about this is just my knuckles are turning white. And I'm just kidding. My knuckles oh, were white. They were. Yeah, that was. They were red and hot. That was too. a gruesome. That was a gruesome. Uh, that was something else. That's it, for sure. Yes, but we did make it through. So we make it through the mountains we get to the bottom of the last 
part of the mountain there, and the ground opens up. It turns flat. It starts to be well lit, and it's like there's this tunnel. The <sighs> tunnel. You, well, Greg says the tunnel's the last thing that we have to worry about through here. Get through this tunnel, and it was just nice, flat, normal roads. You hit these tunnels sometimes, and you go through them, and it's just like when you get on the other side, it's like Bing and Never Neverland. It's a completely different yeah. atmosphere. We pull through there, and we're starting to make our way up towards Knoxville. At this, we it was supposed to have been an 8 p.m. drop yes. in Knoxville at a pilot station that I just found on the map. Yeah. And so we have folks meeting here. I'm keeping them updated. So wait, were you already behind? We were already, we were already oh. way behind. So we left Don's house probably about an hour and a half past the drop point time. Okay. So the drop point was 8 p.m. there, and we left Don's about, what, 9.30? Yeah, and they said it's, uh, what was it like? Fort Nally was a four-hour ride. We pulled in to the pilot in Knoxville at 2.30 in the morning. Yes. And, and people then, are still willing to meet and you I, at 2.30 in the morning. Big shout out to the folks that met us there in Knoxville. Oh, my gosh. We were updating along the way. I, I, I felt horrible. I mean, they, they have no idea what it meant to us. For, for them to be not only flexible, uh, but to be cheerleaders for us. Well, I remember Well, I remember we pulled in and we're looking for this massive pilot truck stop. Turns out it's a gas station that pilot bought. So there's only like three or four little pumps there and a small little somewhat lit canopy. And as we're pulling in, the actual gas station's closed. And it's not exactly... Uh, most and- beautiful of neighborhoods. It's a little downtrodden, to say the least. Now. Yes. Not a place that I want to be pulled off, parked in my car from 8 p.m. until 2.30 in the morning. Well, there's some yes. shady parts in Knoxville you've never been through. Oh, yeah. Well, we pulled in there, and we pulled right in the middle of the whole fuel area there. And uh, here we are under all the bright lights, and we parked in our lights so we can make sure everything's great coming out of the mountains and still kosher. And then these people start walking up to us with these giant smiles on their face. Oh, man. Huh. That meant and the world. We're exhausted. If you it, they will come. Oh, God. We're exhausted. We've been beaten down. And it's just been nonstop hit after hit. And honestly, like, I'd say emotionally, I was getting close to hitting the bottom. And as soon as these people came up, I mean, it just, I think I got more out of them showing up there than they did getting their beats. Oh, I guarantee it. Because, I mean, I that second it. wind came, and we felt like rock stars. They were happy. It was like, you know, high fives. They were appreciative. They were, you know, sending us good vibes along the way, yeah. being positive, being flexible. And that meant a lot to us because you have, you know, customers waiting on you. It's just it, it builds up, and it was when they, when they were so uh, gracious. We had just it was like boulders rolling off our shoulder. When we got there, they got their bees. They were happy. Uh, we were happy, and I was like, okay, that was the first one. What was there like thirteen it, more to go? <laughs> it gave me such uh, a second wind, and it I did. It, just, it, it really I to I don't even to even think on that. You know, we were at that point. We were, were already up for what six o'clock that morning. Yeah. I mean, so or the following morning, yeah. With, so well with all all of that, and so we 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 get there. They're happy, and so uh, your buddy is going to meet us uh, in just a few hours. But now, after all the exhaustion and fatigue and the time, after that visit, it was like a second wind. Yes. Well, also remember too that day you got a specific phone call that we had to go to the store and get things. Yeah. Our, which uh, well, what actually worked out well because since the plan evolved, I. So you had a two-inch pinnel hitch, and the factory hinge on my truck's a two and a half. So 
So there's that half inch gap you there. Know how he says that it's two. He's like it's two and a half. Yeah, yeah it's it's, mm, two, it's two, two and a half. half. Solid, yeah, solid two and a half. Oh yeah, yeah. slide that two inch and it's two and a half. <laughs> it don't fit. So we need a sleeve. Yes. <laughs> so we ended up. Uh, well, we got dropped off, and I text my buddy, and I said, "Hey, where's your house at? We'll find a place close to you." And uh, it was on, I think, the west side of Knoxville. And so here we are on the west side of Knoxville, and we're driving by a Wally World or Walmart. And Greg informed me about Walmart is a safe place for yeah, travelers, it which is. it is. Yeah, when we traveled, to, when we RV'd the Yellowstone and uh, down to Wyoming, and and the whole road trip that we did back to the Smokies, uh, I guess it's been a couple of years now. Um, yeah, well, every Walmart parking lot's like a safe place. It's it's patrolled. There's always full of RVs, overnighters. I, I had it's actually no encouraged idea. by Walmart. Yeah, I had no idea whatsoever. I'm sure it is encouraged because we knew it was a safe place, and we also went in there and bought a bunch of stuff. Well, through through everything going on, uh, there's no phone signal through most of those areas. I'm not no. even checking my phone now. And so when we when we when we when we start heading that way, I noticed I had a voicemail from our very good friend Michael Jordan. And that voicemail couldn't have come at a better time because he was extremely positive, uh, uplifting, high-fiving us. Michael, thanks for that call, buddy. That meant, meant, meant more to us than you oh my have, gosh, yes. than you could ever imagine. And he gave us a great tip um, that, man, you got to keep the bees cool. you got to keep them watered. Stop and get a pump-up sprayer. Spray them down, man. Spray them down. Well, you know it's a Mike voicemail when it starts off with, hey, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally and i can hear that in my head right now oh yeah, yeah. and that, honestly just mike being himself definitely is what picked us up yeah he, he's been a he's also been a, a great influence on a lot of us getting started and uh start heading down our beekeeping route so shout out to michael jordan there and thanks for the uh that huge boost of positivity when we needed it uh so we, we, we pull into uh, Walmart to get a pump-up sprayer and to see if they can get a sleeve so we can try to get our trailer on your truck. Yep. And at this point, uh, it's about 4.10 or so, 4 o'clock. Dan posted a picture as we're in the checkout line looking all bleary-eyed. Oh, God. It was, yeah, it was awful. We finally get back uh, to Dan's truck. Or your or your dad's, oh, no, truck. dad's truck. Yeah. yeah, dad's truck. And we just close our eyes. It's four fifteen. We just close our eyes. And I, I just fallen asleep. And I, I closed my eyes and whether whether it was the Well, we parked and I said, Here, Mike, I'm gonna send you a pin because wherever we're at, here's our exact location. Uh bl- like blue truck, trailer full of bees. Pretty sure we're gonna be the only ones in the parking lot. Who else has bees in the Walmart parking lot? Right. So I just, we just fall, I just fallen asleep. Yeah, and I'm hallucinating. I, I'm literally when I close my <laughs> eyes, all I see it's like queen bee abdomens, like just crawling over themselves over and over and over. And I close my eyes, and I just fall into deep sleep, and I heard a, and I shot up out of that seat and looked over, and here is this bearded hillbilly looking in your side <laughs> of the door, and I forgot what was going on for a second, <laughs> and then I remembered, and you got up. <laughs> Open the door and hey, and this is where Mike Miracle, Miracle Mike. Mike, big yes. shout out to Miracle Mike. Yes, 
from Knoxville, well, originally from Columbus, but now is in Knoxville, Tennessee, comes mm. and saves the day. A half but an it's, hour. it's not Magic Mike? No, magic, Miracle Mike. Miracle, miracle, miracle Mike. Miracle. Okay. Yes. No, it was... He's not shaking his hips. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want a little clarification on that not one. Not this time, at Mike least. Mike Goodman. Yeah, I mean, yes. that was... Yeah, that was... Man... So he actually, he pulled up and I said, hey man, just hang tight for a second. Uh, I'm we're just going to start loading shit into your car. We're going to get the trailer unhooked. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, do whatever, man. So, and I mean, it was the greatest thing. He, I mean, we got everything loaded in the back of his car or his truck. Got the hitch moved over. Got the trailer moved over. Everything worked. And it was very short order. I mean, what? No more ten minutes from him showing up. No, we yeah we hooked yeah. we hooked and ran. Dad started headed back down through the mountains again to get down towards Don's because he was yep. working on getting my truck towed uh, to get worked on. Mike had us uh, in, in his Ford, and we were northbound, and we were on the road. Well, Mike and Greg were in the front seat together, and I was in the back seat. And Mike, being also a veteran, had. People know he had a Wooby in the back seat or the poncho liner. A what? Oh, uh, Wooby. What's a Wooby? It's a poncho I'm not liner. Wooby. Sure you you uh, yeah. yeah. Let me come so on. like I mean I get in the back seat of his truck and there's this Wooby sitting there. And I'm like oh my gosh I'm back into heaven and I mean I grabbed that Wooby covered myself up and I just took a he quick was nap. Out. Oh yeah. god yeah yeah. And I woke up maybe what an hour later. I don't even know. Yeah, Mike and I were having a good time talking, getting to know each other. We're northbound, and uh, I'm like, "Yeah, Mike, you're doing you're doing pretty good. You're you're riding this thing. You're you've never towed a trailer before." And he goes, "Oh, it's been a while." <laughs> <laughs> but he did a he did a real good job. Yeah, and uh, from Knoxville, uh, our next stop was uh, where were we going? I, my brain our, is mush right our now. Our next stop would have been Lexington. Right, you had a quick stop in Lexington at 7 a.m. Yes. Uh, we made that stop, and then from there we're heading up to Florence. Yep. Kentucky. We made that stop. At this point, we're like, we're finding a rhythm. Like, yeah. we're, we're getting to, yep. you know, we stop. Uh, you know, we have queens for sale. We had bucket feeders for sale. We had uh, extra hive equipment that I had built for people sale. Are, yeah. And people, you know, and people were aware of these kind of things. And so Dan was, you know, working the accessories for sale side of it well i'm getting yes. getting the the packages and the nukes uh you know unstrapped and available for folks to inspect take a look at and uh we're, we found a groove and we just started catching some momentum yes very much so and uh which will actually kind of led you guys again back on time which is surprising we we yeah because we didn't sleep we, well, we didn't sleep that night so yeah. we were factoring on the trip, you know, sleeping for at least you know six or seven hours. So we got fifteen minutes instead, and we got down the road. And uh, oh, real quick, so I talked to Mike after the fact. Yeah, we weren't the first truck that he went and stopped at. <gasps> what? Yes, apparently there was another vehicle that looked similar to ours. And I said, "Did they have bees in the back?" And he goes, "Well, I don't know." And he stops and started creeping on this guy in the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> And he goes, I started looking deeper, and there was only one person in the vehicle. And he goes, oh, I'm pretty sure there's three in there. Well, there has to be. <laughs> and then he moved on to the next one. Oh, man. Yes. So, I didn't want to put that in there before I forgot about it. Wow. 
That was good. I know, you know, Mike was he was having a rough week. It sounded like, and so he was looking for an, a, a a break from from his action there. So he was already tired. He wasn't sleeping well that week. He said, so he was already exhausted too. Uh, I think we got to I can't remember when about Florence or so. I grabbed the wheel. He got the back sleep. He got a hold of your what do you call it a wobby 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 wobby. He got a hold of the wobby. I need to get a wobby. I guess. Oh gosh, yeah. Just go, you, any surplus you, store, any surplus store you online. You were they're cheap. Sleeping like babies with that thing. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I remember I looked back there and he's just like half asleep. And I rolled over and I picked up the wobby and put it around his arms. And then he was just. It was so. That's cute. when he was Dan done. Reached for. back. He tucked his buddy in, and it was like he just <laughs> his buddy just like, snuggled into it like. It was oh. just, it was a moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, if you, you, know, you know, if I was there, me and Dan would have shared that Wobby together. Oh, God. Oh, that's for sure. It, this, that's the Wobby sure. is like a gift from God, right? Yes. I'm not the only one that thinks this. It's amazing. Yes. At this point in the trip, there's been so much that has gone on. There's been one thing after another. We're trying to stay tough. We're trying to work through it. Dan's got a plan. We're, everything's starting to materialize. Uh, did, did Dan have a cigar in his mouth as he said he had a plan? Yeah, he did. <laughs> we're making it, you know. And our next, we're we have we're almost we're almost to Ohio. We had a Florence, Kentucky stop. We made that. We went up. Uh, it was a Dayton slash Wilmington stop in Ohio. Yeah. We stopped there. We made that. The next. Every thank you everybody on every single stop that we there's no way we can mention by name, uh, but thank you all so much who supported uh, our farmstead, supported Don's Bees, and supported this story that's unfolding to be one that we'll never forget. We make it to Columbus, Ohio, and it was nothing but high fives and gratitude, and it was another uh, very important moment. Um, for us, because Mike, you know, really saved our ass and got us to Columbus. And what Dan did in the background is Dan had John and Linda Bokris, his, his folks, drive out to Zanesville, pick his truck up, and drive all the way to that Columbus stop and had everything ready to go. And there she was. And big, shiny, black, three quarter ton stature. Black Betty. Oh, she's beautiful. Oh, she is. And Dan just, he just, the second he saw his truck, he was like, look, Mike, 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 look, Mike, there's Mike, my Mike, truck. Mike, 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 there's Mike, 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 there's my truck. <laughs> there she is. Look at her. Look at her, guys, guys, guys. No, guys, look at her. Like, Yeah, she's beautiful. If we pulled in. <laughs> Ain't she a beaut, Clark? She's real nice, Clark. <laughs> We got Mike unhooked, and he, you know, he's he's been on the road all night and all now with oh, us yeah. too. And uh, we say our goodbyes and everything. We get a picture of him. He's holding a whole entire uh, package full of full of bees. What, if you look at that picture really close, and he didn't even notice it either, because I asked him about it. He has a rogue bee on his hand, and he never noticed it. See, so I think we actually turned another beekeeper out of this whole Heck trip. Yeah. Yeah. That's another, awesome. another veteran beekeeper. Another yes. veteran beekeeper. I think Dan needs to start a veteran beekeeping group. Man, what do you he, think, Jimbo? I think he should. I don't know. I'd probably need some help with uh, doing all that. Would I wonder if there's another veteran beekeeper that would be willing to help me. I don't know. I don't know of any other ones around here. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> another topic for another day. <laughs> yeah, another topic. But right now, we're in Columbus. We hook on to Black Betty, and we it was we were, we were meted by awesome folks. Everyone was happy. We were happy. And it was just, we hooked up. 
we got on down the road, and I had just one of those overwhelming senses that everything was going to be fine. And uh, Because you had a Ford. You're right. <laughs> Every time I see Black Betty, I just keep thinking, like a rock. <laughs> she was strong as she could be. Like a rock. Wow. That's not Ford. It's not? Oh. It's, it's an accurate description, but that's not Ford. Huh. I didn't know it was Chevy. Okay. Yeah. Well, she got us down the road, and she got it. And that truck drives so nice; it pulls so well. It was it was a pleasure to ride in her. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I oh, yeah, I was uh, I was waiting to see wow. what you did. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, we get on down. We go up towards uh, Beaver Dam, Ohio. We make a stop there. Beaver Dam. Yeah. Was that was the, the like the Fenley Beaver Dam stop oh, after okay. Columbus? Yep, and then we went up to Fenley, made up, made uh, met some uh, great folks there, got them their bees, and then we drove clear across the state of Ohio on the turnpike from end to end of the turnpike. From end to end, at, oh, but we well, stopped shy uh, at um, at a very unique stop. We pull into Boston Heights, Ohio, into a Costco parking lot. <laughs> oh, and Dan's yes. got a great picture. We pull in there. I know that Costco. Yeah. yeah, you know it well. I'm sure. Yes. So we pull in there, and we're Greg and I are in a rhythm. Everything is going smooth for once. We feel like all the weight's been lifted off our shoulders. And I mean, as soon as we park, the uh, people picking up start to sh- come on over, and we're talking, having Greg, a good time. Yeah, a crowd Greg, of awesome oh, people. Yeah. There was what half a dozen people there showing up, and. There's great conversation. I'm getting a couple things unloaded and talking to a couple of the customers. Ready. Yeah. And then this guy comes out with like I don't, I don't know what to call them, like thigh high tube socks it looked like. Like these cargo shorts kind of pulled up and stands he's off a little off in the distance. I'm like, what are you, what are you guys doing over there? And I'm like, uh, okay, because I'm 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 Costco security. And I'm like, oh, uh, we have a trailer full of bees. These people bought bees, so we're getting them their bees. At first word of bees, he stopped dead in his tracks. I've never seen a man's eyes get so big. I don't think yes. ever. And I think once we said that, that's when he noticed that there was a couple rug bees that have been holding on since Georgia just randomly flying oh, around. Yeah. They're, they're buzzing around. Yeah. And that's when he saw it, and he just, boom, stopped. He goes, well... His uh, whole energy, everything all of yes. a sudden changed. And he noticed that all these people are staying around the bees acting relatively normal, and he's the only one that's like, this is probably not the best thing. So he... I looked over and he goes, well, uh, this is a Costco parking lot. And Greg's like, yep, we're just going to be here for 15 minutes. These people are going to get their bees and get on their way, and we'll get out of your hair. We're here trying to save the bees. You know, yep. Trying to, you know, get this, yep. let the guy know we're in, we're out. We're not doing anything, you know, wild, crazy. You and know. the guy goes, well, this parking lot's for Costco members. <laughs> and Greg goes, well, I'm a Costco member. And that's when the guy stopped. And as soon as he stopped... It was almost like we had a pack of wolves. Yes, that we were all the pack of wolves. It was as that the beekeeper. Hurt. Yes, and here and here was this this uh, this was, this this predator came in, and all of a sudden had this moment where the predator had a, had a choice to where it could stay and fight and verbally get ate up by all these beekeepers. I wouldn't say verbally because we still had a bunch of boxes of bees on the truck. So there was really an overwhelming energy sense that yes, I felt the, from everybody. We were all united, and yes. all this energy was about to get unloaded on this gentleman. And then he pretty much just, tucked tail and turned and yes. said, okay, 
And then, then what did he do? He went and s- well, sat he, in his car. He went and, and went back this? and. Well, Greg was doing this whole thing, and after the fact, I said, Greg, did you ever watch The Weird Guy? He goes, no. And I go, he went and got in his car and pulled around the lot and parked facing towards us and just watched us the entire time with his windows up. And I was, and he's like, what? And I remember, he didn't have the engine running or anything, and it was a warm day. Man, I shouldn't have took a leak on your tire when everyone left then. Yeah, that happens. I think you're a Costco member. Yeah, that worked out for you. So how long have you been a Costco member, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> a long time <laughs> but as soon as Platinum Greg goes Club. yep I'm a Costco member that guy just stopped and left he had an excuse to not engage the bees yep. any further he backed up and it was it was a weird herd mentality Man, that it was an awesome uh, awesome stop too we were greeted with uh, homemade hooch concoctions oh, and yeah. high fives and uh, I think we just about sold out of everything pretty much at that stop yes uh, and then from there we got to Go see our good buddy. Well, we left there. The sun was starting to set a little bit. We were whooped. Yes, we out. were. I, I, I was exhausted. Yes. And we stopped and made a personal delivery to our good buddy, Jimbo Blask. Hello. <laughs> yep, we stopped up there in Cleveland. Or well, west, east Cleveland. Mentor. mentor. Yes, mentor. Te- technically Leroy, Ohio. Leroy? Leroy. Leroy, Leroy. I have a Painesville address. Close enough. About 35 minutes east of Cleveland. So we're in that area. Yeah. We got to yeah. see Jimbo and the family. And and, next uh, time you're in Painesville, why not stop downtown and see Blask Media Company, New Art Gallery. There you go. Photographic Come, studio. Didn't they just have a great right opening? In the stu- I have a beautiful, beautiful... A priceless photo of Jimbo that I was so excited to uh, snag from him during his uh, gallery debut. So the first keyboard, the first keyboard, <laughs> right? Yeah, you have to see it to understand Nate, it. Yes, our seventeen-year-old who's a musician seen the photo and, and says, "Oh, it looks like an old keyboard." I'm like, yeah, those were keyboards bef- when they had strings. <laughs> so, whoa! So I also got a beautiful picture of a storm rolling through the smoky mountains how fitting it was how yes. fitting yes and after i found out what it was i was like yes been there done that dan there are no coincidences quinky dinks see bring it full so, circle so anyways you we stop in my house yeah. yeah and the first thing that i see is dan running out of the truck <laughs> running past me, he doesn't even say hi, runs right into my house. Now, Grant, I haven't been to James's house yet. He's never been to my house before. Yes. Only Greg has been there several times. And I just blast. We don't even stop. We don't even stop. We're, like, we're, we're, we're so focused on making time. Like We don't even yes. stop for bathroom breaks and or to eat. And Dan brought an entire case of beefaroni. And this man was <laughs> opening up these beefaroni cans and he was spooning them out and spooning them out and spooning them out. I swear one of them had to been a can of Alpo. <laughs> I swear at some and point people are going to be like, what part of these stories are true and what's not? <laughs> well, I guess where he left the, the, the cans of beefaroni. He left the deposit there at, at the Blast Homestead. Yes. And then it, he said like, like five, five or ten minutes passed. It's 
and he comes he comes back outside. He's eating my bananas. Yeah, he just made himself at home. And she's like, he was wearing Jim's robe and slippers. He came out with his food. He just defiled the bathroom. It was just like wow. smoking a cigarette. You know, he, he walked he walked out with a cigar in his mouth and walked up to Jim and said, "Shitter's full." And I'm just like, "Where's my wife at?" I didn't go. I didn't go. And there's a really nice looking banana on the then counter, my, and I was hungry. And then my wife comes out looking all disheveled. I'm like, "Dan, what's going on? What's going fellas? on?" Well, she had to walk by the bathroom to get outside, so I'm sure that's where the look came from. Jimbo, at this point, you've you have you had you were following us on Facebook. You were busy with your uh, with, with your photo shoot, so you weren't you know hanging on every post that we had. But you had I, I called you a few, and I called you we guys a few times. Yeah, what what let, what was it like when we pulled up? What were you picking up off of us? Like, what was the experience when we pulled up with bees and it was me and Dan? Like, talk to us about. Well, at that Your point, observations we're then. getting close to the 40-hour mark of no sleep, I think. No sleep. Well, yeah. I mean, the first thing was I saw you guys kind of struggling a little bit trying to back the trailer down my 300-foot driveway. Right. Yes. Four-foot-wide driveway lined by tall, beautiful maples. And then big dirt ruts on both sides of the driveway. And then, you know, you know, you know, you know that's my first glimpses of Black Betty. Oh, Which, God. by the way, after Dan came back from whatever he was doing, he's like, did you see my truck? 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 Wasn't she everything I said she'd be? She was a Butte Clark. And Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, you guys looked like you were beaten down a little bit. Yeah. Just slightly. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I could tell you are tired, and but, you know, you you know, you guys still had your trip to do. You you know, like, not, like no, we have to be in Harrisburg by, like, Whatever time tomorrow. Well, also so this, this along, from this Cos- last yeah the from Costco, Costco to Jimbo's, gyms, we had another uh, person. Someone chimed in. Hey, you got an extra package? That's right. Yeah, you had yes. an extra. And so stop. in the process, Greg's working out a extra surprise drop. And you know, and I was like, you know, and it was at a what, weird time of the night for that that drop was, and you didn't know this person from Adam. You're like, hopefully this guy's not like you know like shining you on at this point. Yeah, but you know, you had yeah. you know no idea, and so we get we we meet the we 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 you know have we spent a little bit of time talking with with uh, Jimbo and Melissa and getting their you know their their hive equipment and getting them their bees getting them squared up. We get on down the road and we really have one more stop for the night and it's getting to be. I don't know. It, it, well, it's in the Youngstown area, right? That was, was actually North, North Lima. North Lima. Lima. North Lima. North line, and we got off at the uh, turnpike exit, and uh, I think it was at a pilot station. We were flying J, one of the two. I think it was a speedway. It was a speed. Oh, it was yeah. a speedway, right? It was. It was. It was a speedway, and so here we are pulling in. Uh, there's to one guy, truck. And, to meet a guy in the middle of the night, there's one truck, and there's also a canine, canine control. Yep. And I get, oh, great. That, what could possibly yeah. make this night any better? So, you know? and, and I'm guessing at this point, you know, because you guys had a. You know, a you know a, a twelve thousand dollar load to start with. You know, you, you had some security protocols in place. Oh yeah, there was there was lots of uh, security protocols in place. Uh, it wasn't as much that. My initial thought is two people meeting up in the middle of the night. One taking a wooden box. One taking money. Lots from, of cash being yes. counted out and exchanged. Yes, and I wasn't worried about. Per se, him coming up and saying, "Oh, you're doing something illegal." I was more worried about him coming up and asking questions. And then we're now there for another two hours, and I don't get to sleep. 
Because we were literally, we had our eyes set on the Holiday Inn Express on right the around other the side. corner there. Yeah, it was on the other side of the turnpike. And yeah. Yeah. So we get there, and we get uh, our our fella, his bees, and the and here is this canine officer who is just like, I mean, eager. Well, he gets in his car, and I go inside to pee and get a coffee, and then I'm walking by him. He Wait. looks up, and I just smile and wave. And then go in, pee, get my coffee and Gatorade, come back out, and he does a loop around the lot and pulls up right next to us. Right next to us. Does the lights yes. turn on? No, no, no. 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 <laughs> I'm thinking, so, okay, what's this? So he just comes out and he's, hey, so uh, what do you guys got back there? And I go, a bunch of bees. And he's like, what? He's like, huh? And it was it was the actually the opposite reaction of Costco. Awesome. Uh, it was like, you really have bees back there? And I was like, yeah, stick your head back there when it's like when they stop talking for a second and you can hear them all buzz. And he's like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. So I grabbed one of the packages out and we're looking at the package and we already had the queens out. And he's like, I was like, yep, yeah, these are the queens. And we're talking back and forth. It was a really, really nice guy. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun was, little yeah, unexpected super, break. Yeah, super intrigued what was going on. And, uh, Greg was talking to uh, his customer out there, and then it was just overall a fun time, and it was one of those little things that just lifts you up that little bit more. And he was talking about possibly getting bees. I believe you guys exchange information. Yeah, yep, and hopefully, hopefully he'll uh, he'll reach out if he decides bees are for his homestead. Super great, super great officer. I didn't catch his name, but it was no. uh, it was it at was that awesome. point he probably he probably told us, and we. Uh, yeah, but what he just... did for us is he could see that we were beat down and we were tired. He had heard our story. We told him where we were staying at, and he said, "Great, he's on patrol the rest of the night. He'll make a couple rounds to check up on our trailer for us and our truck." Yep. And just that comment, just that the piece alone. We need, there's such an investment in bees back there. If we were to get robbed, I mean that comes right out of my pocket. Yep, um, and that's that's huge. Um, so to have him, you know, offer to, to to patrol while we sleep, I mean that meant the world. Yeah, and he also said the. Holiday Inn where scouting out was the best place to stay. Yeah. Just from where it's at. Yep. So it was very relieving. And I was very fortunate that we were actually able to engage at with them. At this time, we're slap happy. We're getting <laughs> silly. We're beyond <laughs> exhausted. We go to check in uh, at, at the hotel here. And. We can't do the full story justice, but we're just we're goofing <laughs> off. We're just being silly hillbillies with this it's, with, it's, with this yeah, check-in I, guy. Like I would say, I don't know, like beyond slap happy to just anything's just funny. Everything. And, it's, yeah. it's only the, the, what's the funniest thing about it is it's only funny to us. Yes. <laughs> so this poor guy, this poor fella, he's a good sport. Well, we made it to a room. We got a couple hours of sleep. We got back on the road first thing. And then we had to drive from North Lima, Ohio, three quarters across the way of Pennsylvania to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. On the Pennsylvania Turnpike, which is ungodly expensive. Yes, any turnpike in Pennsylvania. So we did the whole length of the Ohio Turnpike, and we just did a portion of the Pennsylvania. I think it cost me 30 bucks to go across Ohio. I think, yeah, something like that. It was like 30 bucks to the first toll booth. It was every toll with was thirty. It cost me. Uh, it was ninety six dollars. It think, was to go across. When I went to 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 last time I went to Philadelphia from here to Philadelphia it was fifty bucks. Now was one way. That is. It was silly. Well, it yeah. cost us more because we had the trailer. Yeah. So we had uh, one, extra. two, three, four axles. So we were getting yep. we were getting hemmed up every time we. Uh, but man, we're. We're on. We're actually on time. We're looking good. I gave everybody a two-hour window. We were smack dab in the middle almost every single time. 
It's in the morning, and we're rolling through the Laurel Highlands of Pennsylvania, and it was drop-dead gorgeous. Isn't that where Kurt Henry's from? That's I was just Kurt about Henry. to say, what else is in the Laurel Highlands? Kurt Henry, and his uh, he's got a cidery, shin, or a cidery business uh, that he's working on getting started, so looking forward to next time we roll through there, stopping in and... Uh, seeing the cidery and the farm, and you know, maybe we should do a uh, uh, a beekeepers podcast at his place. That'd be cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. He, you know, he is a beekeeper. He yes, is. yeah. I'm just scared we'd go with a bunch of alcohol, an unlimited <laughs> supply. Well, I don't think that means he Kurt Henry's going to give you unlimited supply. Oh no! Well, there's big vats full of it. Again, I think he's going to cut you off from that. <laughs> I, would, I would cut Dan off, especially after hearing this. We just cut Dan off. Yeah, don't worry, Kurt. We got this. We're good. But man, what a beautiful drive! It's foggy, it's misty, it's rolling hills. The sun's coming up, it's cracking through the fog. I mean, it was gorgeous. We had bluegrass blasting. It was. We were just really enjoying, really, really, actually, legitimately enjoying the, the actual journey at yep. this point. And uh, we're just we're, we're we we make it to Harrisburg, met some really incredible folks who also showered us with love, uh, and uh, supported us by buying bees, uh, and also showered us with hooch, which was fantastic. Oh yeah, uh, it was great. Super awesome folks. Now we're turning the corner. We're turning third base. We're headed towards home. It's still a huge home stretch, but we're westbound now. Yeah heading towards Zanesville, Ohio. Drove all the way across the state. Uh at our the next stop was in Wheeling, West Virginia. Yep. And uh we got there. That stop was flawless. Awesome folks there as well. Um got them their bees. And then we had one last stop before home. And I had one of those moments. Yeah. I know this podcast this this podcast is already getting long and it's really hard to put a five day trip into a one hour show. So it's probably gonna be more like two hours by the time we get done. So hopefully you're hanging on and you're following us. These poor people. We're almost done here. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> we're we're getting towards the end. We're literally there's only two stops left before we're actually at home. So I think this is a point to where how many times did I offer before we left? Do you want to take Black Betty over and over again, but not in a an annoying way? Yeah, in a in a offering your your vehicle way. Yes, and I was we were we were headed out of Wheeling westbound uh, on on seventy going towards seventy seven uh, to get down towards Parkersburg, and I just said, Dan, do you really want to know the real reason why? I didn't take up you up on your offer to take Black Betty, and I and I always say absolutely I like it when Greg tells me these little insights into Greg. And so we were I had we had alluded to it a little bit earlier when I was first getting the truck worked on. After the first visit, I had a bad feeling about it, and I knew something was wrong. I went back the second time, and as soon as I got in the the truck and turned the key. I had this overwhelming sense in my gut that I was to take that truck. I had complete confidence. I had, had no reason to believe there was going to be any other problems. I took it on the road home, and I ran the snot out of it, and she rode great. So that wasn't even I wasn't even worried about that. And I asked Dan, I said, Dan, 
had we taken Black Betty from the very start, do you think we would have gotten a little cocky? We would have gotten a little too sure of ourselves on this trip? Oh, yeah. What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because this is a point to where if it got too good, I think next year we would have bitten off more than we could chew and it would have been something that would have bit us in the ass for sure. And I believe we got asked a few times that if we could do it all over again the same way, would we? And I know with my mind, without a shred of doubt, that absolutely I would. Absolutely. Just on a friendship level and also as a personal achievement level, because it's one of those things to where you got other people relying on you. And this is one of those moments to where you can't just stop and say, I give up. A, because you're nowhere near home. You got to find, you got to fight somehow. And B, you got other people relying on you and you've already made a guarantee to them that you're going to follow through with your promise. Business deal aside, you gave someone your word and your word's your word. So, and that for sure was one of the other things. And also, spending time with you, Greg, I got some time to understand Greg and how Greg is. And I'm sure it's the same way around. I know kind of it's this, I don't know how to put it into words. This is one of those tough ones. But I have an idea of what you're doing as you're doing it, if not before, without explaining it. And I just, it's one of those. Are we cycling together now, Dan? I think we're in sync, Greg. <laughs> so when's, when's the uh, the wedding? Oh, <laughs> we do need a photographer. Oh. <laughs> well. But it's just, it's one of those things that when you spend a lot of time with people that you actually, you get that. Uh, psychological understanding of them and the way they function, the way they to read, react, work. Yes, it, it's, it, it's yes, and, you're, you're firing together, and it, yeah, and it was very much through all the stops. Once we got in the swing of things and things went normal, that the stops went great because everyone knew their role, everyone knew what child jobs had to be done, we knew how to get through it and what the priorities were to from start to finish and getting back on the road, and so that honestly was one of the biggest takeaways through it. One thing I really wish that we would have had more to do is possibly just stop and hang out with people more. I really wish that there was more time between or at each stop because I knew we had a bunch of stops. I knew it was pressed for time. And just to get to know these people a lot better, it was one of the more fantastic things was to go through and actually meet all these people, hear everyone's individual story, what they're doing, where they're at with their bee yard, how many hives they have, and just from the younger ones just starting off to the people that are more experienced. Overall, it was just a great time. I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's something that I'm looking forward highly to next year. And I know that we still have a little bit more to go on the trip, but what'd you think of all this as you're seeing the updates and everything through the Facebook? It was, it was definitely watching, uh, watching a journey. It is just amazing watching you guys the whole time. Uh, you know, I just, you know, it was just like, you know, problem after problem, after problem, after problem. And you, you, you persevered. You both yes. persevered and it, you know, you didn't let, you didn't let something stop you. 
and it wasn't like little things it was big things you know and you just you didn't let them stop you and in the end like you were ahead of schedule in the end when you were so far behind in the beginning like could you sense the roller coaster just by talking to us throughout the trip and then seeing us and yeah it was it was you know just you know you know the phone calls and then uh, and then the, the updates on uh, uh, through text messages and facebook it, it was this giant roller coaster of it all. and you know honestly I, I i think that's really why it was you know greg and dan's excellent adventure oh absolutely well we still it's it's not over yet because we still had to go to parkersburg I know on the way to Parkersburg, <laughs> Susan called and asked, you know, she she said, uh, you you think you should have left the Chevy at home and, and took Dan's truck? And as sure as I've been of anything else in life, I said, I would do it all over again. Well, you asked, she was right after that, you asked me too, should we have taken your truck? And we both said, nope. It, we were in a total agreement. I've mentioned before, and I will stand stand to it, that I don't believe in coincidences at all. I, I just don't. And whether that's foolish or silly, I feel like <clears throat> the gut feeling to take the truck is that there were lessons to be learned about myself. Uh, there were lessons to learn about working together with folks. There were lessons to learn about uh, when times do get tough, uh, it's okay to lean on your friends, to trust your friends, uh, to trust the people around you, to be uh, accepting of help when you actually need it. And a lot of folks who know us and a lot of folks are built like us to where we, a, lot, a lot of folks won't ask for help or they won't take help and they like to you know conquer the world on their own lone wolf mentality per se so I, I learned a lot about being vulnerable in that position to uh, accept help from somebody when they offer it uh, and to be not only appreciate appreciative of it but knowing when you really do need the help uh, and, and, and to just kind of open yourself up for that <clears throat> I learned that like I've never understood in any other context before and I got to learn a lot more about Dan get into Dan's mind better understand Dan and it's been uh, it was it was an incredible opportunity to learn more about Dan learn more about myself and then learn how together when you have a good friend that you can trust and that you can rely on uh, how you guys can work together because maybe this isn't the last time we have a problem that we have to work out. Maybe there's something else in the future that this is is preparing us for. I also think about things, um, and I'm sure most folks do. Maybe some don't. But if you don't believe in coincidences and you believe that things happen for a reason, I, I couldn't tell you how many times that I've been on the road and I'll have an overwhelming sense just to pull over and get a cup of coffee or get gas even when I don't need it. I'll pull yeah. off, I'll do that. I'll get on down the road and two miles up the road is a five car five car pile up. That if I hadn't pulled off, maybe that would have been me in there. So all these thoughts are going through my mind that 
you know, if we would have taken Black Betty and everything would have been fine, maybe we would have been too sure of ourselves and our abilities and that we, you know, it, it, we, we, we can do no wrong kind of a thing and, and lead to more of feeding an ego than actually feeding uh, us in our personal development. That's a possibility. What if there would have been danger down the road that, that the reason why we took the Chevy to start, it set us back in our timeline in one place or maybe several places maybe we did avoid danger or harm or something bad happened um i've had the opportunity jimbo to sit down with you uh, and have special moments where we get to learn more about each other um which has meant a lot to me Mm -hmm. and it's i almost feel like you getting the photo shoot when you did also was an also not a coincidence because then it put me and uh, me and dan in a spot to where we had more time uh to get to know each other better right i mean me and you we've had our conversations right. you know several of them and you know we you know we know each other pretty well and, and not that you didn't know dan pretty well but right. you you haven't had that kind of moment with dan yet and and you know that may not have happened if I was there. It, and it, it's it, right for for either one of us. You know, it, it, it's the, uh, there are no coincidences. So who knows why I had that gut feeling? But and I always, whether it's a hillbilly woo woo thing, I always go with my gut, and I always trust it. And every time I go against it because my mind gets in the way, I pay the price. So this time I went with my gut, and I wouldn't change a single thing. I, I would agree. And, and you know, not no, even the radio station through all this Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga. Who would have thought hardcore, you know, Commander Dan would be jamming out to Lady Gaga? While I tried to get four or five minutes. Have of you sleep. not seen the videos? Of I Dan, love all Dan music. while he was deployed. I love Can all music. Butterflies fly away. For someone that talks shit about it, you know the words awfully well. But let me let me say this though quickly. Um, you know. Knowing you, you know, Greg, I know that was a lesson that you needed to learn. You know, just you know, just listening to this, I know that was a lesson you need to learn because while we, we we all work together, you're always our pretty much our leader in most things. You're always taking the lead on things. And you've never had that opportunity between us where you you or someone else needed to take the lead. Yeah. So just listen to this. I know that was a lesson you needed to learn. Yeah, I totally believe it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say necessarily the leader, but you've always had a command presence to where this is how things are rolling. And when time gets stagnant, you always can keep a group moving in a direction. Right. So yeah, I I would have to agree with Jim. It's a lesson I think we all can learn. Uh, is you know you can't be so egotistical or hard headed or stubborn that when you need help. Take it, because uh, if I would have went with my, if I would have went with my mind instead of my gut when Dan said, "Do you trust me?" If I would have said, "No, we're doing it my way," hey, this would this this could have been a completely different conversation. We could still be in Georgia. We could still be in Georgia. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now when I you know I don't know if I necessarily would have trusted Dan, just knowing things that he he's up to and he's not he's done. <laughs> I mean, you just you just can never. I mean, a man that Lady Gaga and then a mouthful of Copenhagen wintergreen. I mean, it's just. I mean, and, how and do a you, big black Ford. How do you trust a man who brings cans of Alpo dog food and beef ravioli al- with you? I mean, what kind of what kind of doomsday prepper <laughs> brings cases of Alpo dog food on a road trip just in case the shit hits the fan, Greg? You just never know. He's, he's, he's never been hungry enough, I guess. He thinks he's Mel Gibson from Lethal Weapon or something. I mean, <laughs> 
<laughs> Gosh. Jeez. Well, at this point, there's only one stop before home, and it's Parkersburg, West Virginia. And there was two st- or par- yeah, there was only two stops where, you know, I some of these stops I'd never been to. And so I, I find what I thought was a uh, a BP on the side. Well, we get to the spot and it is an old rundown dilapidated gas station in the middle of nowhere, and there's people there waiting on us. Awesome folks. We got them their bees. And now it's like, oh my gosh, now we're starting to like get the pre-celebration jitters. We're trying to like hold it back, hold it back. We're not home yet. Let's do this. We're getting home. And man, when we go from uh, West Virginia and we're crossing, we're crossing the Ohio River, I had one overwhelming thought and it was just, it's a long, uh, it's a long, hard way to make a living, but it's a damn good feeling to run these roads. Yes, it was actually. It was, it was a sigh of relief, and then we well, we still had Zanesville to do. We had one more drop off. Was that Sean Brown's place? No, no, it was Zanesville. So we had Sean Brown, a bunch of other folks met there, and then the next morning, uh, some drops. When we got home, it was well. There's a couple people meeting us at the house, but we had one stop yep. in between. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. We, yeah, we had. Yep, we had. We had one stop along yep. the way. Yep, on the side of the road there on 40 before we uh, when, we got, when we got off the exit there to Zanesville. Yeah. Made one stop there, and then had this, then the last stop there at the farm, and it was just. There's here's a- the weird thing. As we're pulling off of 70 onto 40, and it's feeling like the trip is now coming to an end. There was an overwhelming sense of relief, but there was also some disappointment that the trip was coming to an end. Yes. I can't hardly explain it. It's a weird... Yeah, it's definitely... It's a difficult feeling to put into words, but I would... Well, when two men in war... Yeah. Yes, it was... I I don't know how to put it into words. Uh, it, it wasn't that I was ex- I was uh, all I could look forward to was was hugging my Annie. It was her birthday that night. Yeah, seeing her, giving her a hug, seeing my wife and kids. I was so looking forward to that. The trip you have a certain energy that you carry along the trip, and you build. I don't know how to explain it. A, an energy, a vibe about it, and then yeah. all of a sudden, when you when you're preparing for that to end you know, mentally and physically you're also preparing and I, as like i could just feel whether it was endorphins or hormones or whatever that it was adrenaline maybe the adrenaline was just squashing and i was also getting tired and that yeah. had a lot to do with it too and it just felt like we backed the trailer on got it i have it was there's a bittersweetness to pulling around that bend and coming down that hill and unhooking seeing your house. black betty off that truck it, and here's the weird thing I've unhooked that trailer thousands of times. For whatever reason, trying to get black, black. She didn't want to come off that trailer. No, she didn't. Finally got her off, and when I pulled my eight-pin connector out mm-hmm. and set it in the trailer, it was like, okay, that chapter's over. Yep. You know, time to time to turn the page, move on to the next one. We had the last couple drops there, uh, there at the house, and. Uh, Almost immediately, there was overwhelming support from everybody who bought bees on Facebook. Oh, yeah, Sharing, tagging, tagging us and all their photos with, with them and their bees. It it made the days to come just that much more. It still does. It absolutely it still does. St- there was one this morning we saw someone else had a picture of their uh, 
uh, Frame of Brood, I think yeah, it was. And that, it was yeah. it was awesome. It's still such an awesome feeling to know you've been a part of it's, something like it's, that. It's, a, it's to me, it's an honor to be a part yeah. of their timeline. They're they're they have a small part to play, and them finding uh, the mental peace or satisfaction that I do with bees that they find the same thing to be a part and facilitate that with somebody else is. It's such an honor, and I cannot thank everybody enough for all their support, uh, all their patience, uh, all the prayers and the good vibes and the fingers crossed and the rain dances, whatever that you, everyone did to help us get along. Thank you. We needed it, and uh, it was Greg and Dan's well, yes. excellent adventure. Well, I well, we got here. I got my bees and my queens, and we talked and chatted for a little bit, took a picture, and I dipped out. Went back, drove the hour and 45 minutes to my house, Yep, and it was, I was exhausted and tired driving, but at the same time, it was just constantly, it wasn't like a sleepiness, it was just replaying everything and compressing yeah. and breaking it down. It was, it was one of the more unique drives I've had. Yeah. The next, so. getting, going back to work and getting on the road. That sucked. I mean... It's hard to explain the stress you put on yourself and then how your body reacts to the stress. It builds a sense of uh, adrenaline or a sense of mission-mindedness Yes, when you have that goal. When it's just back to where I'm just driving from here to Philly or New York City or down to Georgia with just a vehicle with no trailer and not yeah. loaded full of bees... That objective is gone, and it's just... To say it's boring sounds wrong and misplaced. It's just uneventful. Yes. When you stop and get gas or get a coffee, it now it just seems uneventful. Yep. Don't have people staring at you. You're not watering the bees, and people are freaking out. What are you pouring on there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. We were, uh, where was that? Was that to the Finley? People drove by and they saw that. Uh, oh, we, yeah, the Toledo. Toledo, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That we had a trailer full of bees. And uh, honestly, she had, she didn't really know that that was a thing. And so uh, she's talking about it. And it's this sweet old lady. And she's like, oh, yeah, save the bees, blah, blah, blah. And Greg's talking to her. And I get out the pump sprayer full of water. And I climb up there. I'm starting to water the bees for the next leg of the trip. And she just is freaked out. What are you spraying on those bees? She's going to rough you up. Yeah. And I go, oh, it's just water. So like, why would you spray water on bees? Well, they need to drink too. And she goes, oh. It's like, bees get thirsty. And then we were heroes for Yeah, and she just put, had a nice big smile back on her face like nothing happened. She's about to murder me. And then it goes <laughs> right back to, oh, hey. Yes. Well, I don't know how, I you know, hopefully we, we painted a, a, a picture where folks can... can see into the trip a little bit more and maybe better understand how impactful and important the trip has been. I, I know I can't quite put it into words, and I think there's a special part about the trip uh, is that it'll always remain in a certain point, uh, in a certain part of me and in you, uh, and, it, and it, it's special in a way where you can't put words to it. it oh, yeah. Has an imp- it has an impact on my life. Uh, I know I've thanked you a million times over, uh, and I... I Thank you, Dan, for stepping up, being Commander Dan, putting a plan together, <laughs> and uh, big shout out to uh, Miracle, Miracle Mike, Mike. for yes. uh, hauling us, hauling our tired asses up oh to, my to gosh, Columbus. Yes, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have been up here, and 
spreading joy to and John and Linda for uh, getting us from uh, uh, from Columbus onward to everywhere else to Senior for yeah. being our our our. Uh, Wingman our, our trail and, car yep. along the way and uh, getting us to to Knoxville. Having the sense to put a box or buying a set of like uh, just basic tools to put in the back of his car. Right, that saved our ass in Charlotte. It did. Yeah. Everyone, all of our all of our customers, our friends who supported us, gave us the high fives, the pat on the backs. Y'all just never know how spirits. much it meant to us. Oh it my lifted, gosh! It, yes, yeah, we we couldn't have yes. done it. We we definitely couldn't have Did done it. Did you get that feeling that every stop, like you you'd show up to a stop a little tired, and then after it, you just had like this second wind going I did every single time. It was yeah. There's something there's something special about working with people. There's something special about the bees and how we all uh, find ourselves working together. There's there's lessons to probably learn. We should have an entire show where we try to try to break down try to break down what goes on in a hive and how a hive is successful. There's a mission. There's a goal. There's there's components of the hive working together for a common goal. And there's so many sim- parallels and similarities with us in, in life that it's just, it's no wonder that bees mean so much to all of us uh, individually. Um, it's been a heck of a ride. Uh, we're looking forward to kind of still digesting the, all this and, and breaking it down. Uh, again, huge shout out to everyone who towed us. From, from point to point to point, everyone who supported us. Uh, thanks to Don the Fat Bee Man for uh, being a mentor, also for uh, helping us uh, learn some of these ropes on getting started. Uh, thanks to our pal MJ for the uh, the good tip on water and the bees. The good vibes from the good vibes from Wyoming. From Wyoming, I mean, we just we could spend the rest of the day uh, thanking you guys, and believe me, we are. Uh, we're we're super grateful uh, for the opportunity to get you guys all fat bee man bees, uh, and also to be a part of your your journey as small as it may may be. So it's still surreal sitting back and still discussing it and still trying to process it, even though that it's been a little bit of time. It was wild. I can't wait for a twenty twenty bee run. There's definitely gonna be there's definitely gonna be a twenty twenty. Oh my gosh! Uh, yes. I hope to be on that one. You'll be uh, on that one. It's it's gonna be. I like a, your bee pun there. It's gonna be. A <laughs> it's gonna be the call of the Great American Bee Tour. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, uh, the sun's shining. We say we get out in the bee yard, uh, take a look at some bees. Yes, I want to see uh, these packages and, you got from. And Don. we'll uh, we got some other some, some other episodes that are going to be coming up soon. Thanks again, everyone, for checking in uh, to the show, for sharing, for subscribing. As always, be the change. Be the lighthouse. Be yourself. We'll see you next time, guys. See ya. See ya. I'm whipped just trying to... I mean, my brain... I'm I'm wore out just thinking about the trip. I can't even talk straight. Yeah. I'd like to give a special thanks out there to everyone that has spent the last two hours listening to us three flapping our gums about sitting behind the wheel and driving. It sounds really monotonous now. Yeah, when you put, put it like that. that. <laughs> how, how could that trip be any more exciting? I mean, you should have seen them windshield wipers. They went back, forth, back, forth. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like polishing a wind, windshield for that long together. <laughs> it's like you know, watching a Marvel movie waiting for the Easter egg at the very Don't end. Don't tell me oh. anything about that. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs>